welcome to Entrepreneur Conundrum with Virginia Purnell, where growing entrepreneurs share how they get visible online. Hi, everyone. Today, I am talking with Gen Furukawa about how he is helping econ businesses grow through using interactive quizzes. So Gen is the co-founder of Prehook, which is a leading pl quiz platform for Shopify merchants. Gen has been in e-commerce for over 10 years, with the last seven years in e-commerce SaaS. Before Prehook, Gen was part of the founding team and VP of marketing at Jungle Scout and leading software for Amazon sellers. Prehook helps hundreds of high growth Shopify merchants sell more, accelerate their list growth and capture zero party data with quizzes. Gen also hosts the e-commerce marketing podcast, Cart Overflow, where he shares what the best brand operators, agencies, and tech platforms are doing to grow their e-commerce revenues. Welcome again. Virginia, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here today. So how did you get on this entrepreneurial journey and decide that you needed to go out on your own? Yeah, it's, um, it's always been a, a goal of mine um, to start and run a business. And I think uh, part of it was passed down from my parents, small business owners, um, my, my dad is a florist and my mom is a travel agent. Um, and so th that, that sense of like being able to mold your life and have autonomy over how you spend your time and what you work on was something that I've always wanted to do, um, since growing up. Uh, and I went to business school. This is actually like 10 years ago, graduated from business school. And so I had the, the mistaken thought that you had to go to business school to start a business or that would like lay the foundation for knowing, you know, like the operations and marketing, the finance, all these things that like come into play when being an entrepreneur in retrospect, probably not the, uh, the, the right path if you want to go start a business, but going to business school was also something that I was always, uh, striving for and, and kind of like a, a goal that I had. So I did go to were your parents big on you going to college? To college, you know what? My parents were always supportive, and like you know, whatever I I wanted to do, I could do. Um, and it just so happened that I was more um, I was following uh, the the path. And and these days in twenty twenty two, I think the focus and the importance of education is maybe slightly different, especially if we're talking you know in the pandemic and and school and like we're seeing you know what what kids are learning remote. Um, very different than if you're going to class and interacting. So um, I think the notion of school, especially as it applies to entrepreneurship has changed a lot. Um, but my parents were supportive of whatever it was that I wanted to do. I just don't happen to want to go to grad school and start a business. And so that was where I, I first had a chance to like take a real crack at starting a business. And um, it was with a professor from business school where, I, you know, built a, uh, a, business plan for a food truck, you know, something like healthy, fast, delicious, and, and affordable. And so that was, you know, without going too much into the tangent of like how that worked, I'll tell you that a food truck, a food business in general is a labor of love. <laughs> Very hard to make it work. You got to have this like magical recipe of uh, volume and popularity brand. Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's a great Petri dish, I guess, for studying how to start a business. Um, but fast forward maybe eight years, uh, co-founder of Prehook. Um, and so I, I did fall into um, e-commerce, into SaaS. I had some great exposure um, after the food truck thing. I, I worked at a private equity firm working on their uh, marketing. And so that was really cool because it was give me an 
eagle eye view of how things work from like the business perspective and then different business models. And so I had some experience with SaaS, had some experience with e-commerce, um, which I, I, after that joined Jungle Scout um, as the early stage um, part of the founding team. Um, and so that was a really like critical time for me because I met the people that I'm working with pre-hook um, right now. My two co-founders were part of the founding team. And it was just really cool because um, the the team that Greg, the founder and CEO built, um, I, you know, I, small team, five people, you can obviously see, you know, the thought process, the strategy, how he's actually, you know, brick by brick building this company. And so that was a great front row seat to it, um, to, you know, ultimately uh, a leading SaaS platform for Amazon sellers. And then, yeah, I've been working with as indeed who are my current co-founders for um, five, six years. And so we have the familiarity, we have the trust, we have like the aligned interests. And so that was enough for us to say, you know what, there is this opportunity in the Shopify space, slightly different than Amazon, which is what we were very familiar with working at Jungle Scout. Um, and we just kind of made a go of it. And that was uh, in the spring of 2020. So pretty much like right when things are locking down with a pandemic, we're like, all right, just huddle in a room and, and they're in Vancouver, I'm in Austin. And we just started um, working on this after doing some research, due diligence, like, yeah, this is something that merchants need. Um, and so we started building it there. So you kind of went into it right at a good time then with everything shifting to more online. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I think it was probably mid 2020 or something. McKinsey had that s statement, basically uh, e-commerce has fast forwarded 10 years in terms of growth and adoption of e-commerce in, in the pandemic. Um, so it, it was quite a time for uh, Shopify brands to to get a, an influx of traffic, the tools as well. Uh, so it, yeah, times are ripe now. Slightly different story, of course. You know, 2021 is a story of uh, logistical challenges, supply chain issues, and, and everything else. Though we're a little bit removed from that from a SaaS perspective, but of course it does touch us because we work so closely with uh, e-commerce brands and Shopify brands. So are there certain brands that you work with more or more of your ideal avatar? Yeah, good question. So I think for, so I, I should clarify, Prehook is a quiz platform. So you just ask a few questions, capture a lead, and it recommends a product based on what the quiz, uh, the, the responses that you get. And so it, it's essentially to, as a stand-in for um, an in-store sales associate where you might go to a wine store or a skin shop, skin and beauty or healthcare uh, say uh, general nutrition or something, ask a few questions. It might be related to what your interests are, what your goals, your challenges, your preferences are. And then the person would say, Hey, based on what you've told me, these are the things that I recommend and here's why. And so a quiz, once you're able to build it out, essentially replicates that. And so uh, the brands that find a lot of value in a quiz are uh, skincare. So uh, skincare, health and beauty, food and beverage, pet brands, outdoor apparel, basically anything where if you can imagine a sales associate would help sell the product or uh, help the, the person get educated and up to speed. Um, because ultimately, you know, one of the critical findings that we found when um, looking into the Shopify space is merchants don't necessarily know what problem they're solving for. 
that you could have somebody coming to your store and they could be looking for, um, it could be whether it's, you know, based on gender, male, female, obviously have different needs of what they're looking for. But if it, even if it's like a, a wine, is it red wine or white wine, or even more specifically, is it a certain type of red or, or white? And so, um, you really want to craft the shopping experience and the post shopping experience as in email and SMS specifically around what the person is looking for. Cause ultimately that's how you're going to get the engagement. That's how you're going to um, get them moving down the funnel and ultimately ideally a conversion. That's cool. I've built that out in messenger, like through a message sure. automation and stuff, but I haven't done it on the website aspect. Like, like you're doing right. Yeah. That's cool. So you were able to capture the leads, the lead information then for that store, that company. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, once once they answer all the questions, it, you know, we we directly integrate with some of the key um, email service providers or or SMS platforms for e-commerce brands. So that's Clavio and OmniSend, Attentive, and Postscript. All the data gets sent specifically uh, to that profile. So Virginia is if she's shopping for say skincare, what, what type of skin do you have? Uh, what type of conditions do you have? How often are you using it? Maybe you know if you're far north in Canada, then maybe you have like dry dry skin in the winter that you need to address, or like strong sun in the summer. So these are things where okay, we can put Virginia in uh, in different segments, or we can send her through different automations based on her skin type or based on the goals of what she has um, explicitly stated. So yeah, that that's where a lot of the value is, is uh, basically personalizing at scale. Because if you don't have data about what Virginia is looking for or what her you know basic skincare needs are, how do you know what to personalize around? And, and the answer is you can't. You can go kind of like generic blasts, but the, the statistics bear out that people are looking for personalized shopping experiences will support those with greater wallet share in terms of higher average order value or more repeat purchases, ultimately greater lifetime value. And that, that comes down to the, the foundational data about what you have about that customer. So do you um, do the interactive quizzes and stuff like that for like, say like Mother's Day or Father's Day or specific holidays like that for um, yeah, we, we definitely have, and we definitely have for gift gift finders. Yeah, so the holidays as well. And um, one interesting thing that I've learned that a merchant told me is that they basically tested, okay, if they're a gift, uh, they're buying for a gift, shorten the welcome flow. So, you know, a traditional welcome flow, it might be like the founder story or the brand story or some cool features. A gift buyer is very transactional. They want to get in, get out. That's it. So um, I think she was able to reduce her unsubscribe rate by 3x just by shortening the welcome flow for any gift finders. Um, so, you know, that's just a small example. If you know the state of mind, if you know what they're trying to accomplish and you can play to that, you can get far better engagement or conversion. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're running ads to it or anything like that too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And and then, you know, to bring it full circle, you're running ads to uh, certain segments or you're creating targeting for your ads. Um, then you can tag them with a remarketing um, cookie. And then you can also sync your your audiences uh, from Klaviyo or OmniSend to say um, your, your Google or Facebook platforms to kind of tighten the, the targeting and segmentation so that you're sending relevant uh, follow-up campaigns. If you're running remarketing, for example, that's cool. 
do you ever be like, hey, now you've bought someone for you bought something for your mom. Do you, now it's time to get something for you. Do you ever kind of like target it like that too? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I don't know of brands that have, but I, I think that's exactly along the lines of uh, what you're doing because you know they're, you know, from first party data, data that you're passively tracking, you know, their purchase order, you know, what products they bought, but you don't know the why. And that's why that's where the zero party data comes in. That's where you're getting the intent of what they're buying. Um, so, you, you know, kind of like how to craft uh, your product and your brand appropriately. Yeah. So sure. So true. So are there any big mistakes that you've kind of seen your ideal clients making, or are they kind of the ones that we just touched on where they're too long of a welcome sequence for a gift buyer or. Yeah. Um, so I think the, the a general mistake might be the approach of the brand as they're putting the quiz together. And what I mean by that is basically that a person doesn't necessarily want to come forth and share as much as they possibly can, or they don't necessarily want to spend a lot more time in front of a computer on your site than they don't need to. So the the mistake might be, hey, we can ask this, so therefore we should. We can ask that, therefore we should. So you might come across questions like, if you were seasoned, what season would you be? Or what's your, you know, your what would you order at a bar or um, what, what's your spirit animal? You know, questions that might be a little bit whimsical or not quite relevant. Um, and that's a mistake because not only does it necessarily like, it's not helpful for the segmentation, but with every additional question, as you can imagine, the uh, completion rate will go to zero uh, with every potential question. So every every question you have is another chance for somebody to drop off. Like, it's not worth my time. I, I don't care. Um, so if a, a brand is not going to use the data, but still asks questions, and as a result has kind of like a bloated extended quiz, I think that that's a mistake and, and it's reflected in completion rates and ultimately uh, leads gathered and um, products purchased. So true. So how do you guys get in front of your ideal clients? Yeah, I think it's a little bit easier with a Shopify app because there is um, there's a, a store where most brands would uh, would go to the app store and search. So that's kind of like a centralized distribution channel. And a lot of apps, I think, do find a lot of their installs come from that. Uh, it is it, not all apps rely on Shopify app store traffic, uh, but it is one way that, that we're acquiring customers. Um, but the others are groups. And I think you'll find this in, in e-commerce specifically, where there's a lot of, um, whether it's a Facebook group or Slack channel, Slack group, um, people are um, constantly sharing ideas or strategies or takeaways and, and testimonials. Uh, so the, the kind of like the social element of it is helpful. Um, and then for direct to consumer, uh, Twitter is big um, as well as uh, like partnerships. And so we're focusing on building out a more robust partnership program as in more, more agencies. So agencies, it's kind of like a give and take, you know, they, they have uh, their clients that they're serving and we hope to help them drive more value to the, for their clients. Um, and then therefore they can get more out of it. So specifically email and SMS agencies for us. Um, 
so yeah, to answer your question, I think those are some of the main channels is um, the, the communities, partnerships, uh, the app store, and then word of mouth. What is some of your big goals in the next year or two? So whether it's personally or even just with Prehook. Yeah. You know, I, as uh, as kind of like, uh, I would like the, I would like to grow the app um, and more specifically in recurring revenue, in team and in product. Uh, so I think, you know, it, it all kind of like is closely knit together. And ultimately that comes down to getting the app or the idea, the value of a quiz, the necessity of zero party data, how you can help uh, use the data that you're gathering and apply it to your email campaign, to your SMS, um, how to actually use it. Um, and so getting that message out to brand owners, I think is incredibly helpful, not only so that they get more value out of um, their own data that they've captured, and, and it might not even be reliant on prehook, but um, just kind of like building the the brand awareness, um, I think would translate to the growth, the, the pillars of growth that I'm measuring ourselves on. Yeah. What do you think is your number one roadblock that might be? That's a, that's a good question. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> No, you know, honestly, I think it's it's narrowing down the focus. And I think I, I fall victim to this is that there are a million and one different ways to potentially get in front of a customer or there are ways to that you can spend your time or you know, like kind of optimize for that last like 5%, you know, to get to 100%. But does that really matter? And I think so, like it would be focusing on um, narrowing the channels of focus um, because we we have limited resources, there's uh, three co-founders, um, and we do have big goals to achieve. Um, so it, it can't necessarily go chasing after shiny objects. Like for example, like I'm I'm tempted by TikTok as a channel, and I know like you know the the runway or the, the time where there might be unlimited organic reach, where it's not pay to play like Facebook or Instagram are now. Like there there is a window there, but is it? helpful is that like where our target audience is i don't know and i haven't tested it but uh, a roadblock is well should if i just move faster and, and just focus maybe just like 100 on tiktok maybe that would be it but i still find that i'm i might be doing a little tiktok a little twitter you know some youtube some email stuff and yeah yeah that's hard sometimes <laughs> it sure is yeah so what's the best advice that you have ever received? Best advice I've ever received. You know, I, I think it is probably a, from my parents, my, my mom and my grandfather are very focused on doing things with integrity. And, you know, like, so he says, my grandfather would say, you know, if you, if you always tell the truth, you won't ever have to think about what you're talking about. And, you know, I, I think like, they are, uh, like example, exemplify that my grandfather passed away, but you know, he was in, interned in world war II as a Japanese American in California and, you know, coming, coming out post-war in 1946, didn't have a whole lot really of anything. And so he had to kind of like rely in some ways on the goodwill of others, of his neighbors and friends who took him in. He was living in a, um, a, a carriage house, you know, with, with my mom and my uncle and my grandmother, um, but that focus on hard work, sacrifice, and um, working and living with high integrity um, is something that I think is is probably one of the most important 
things that I've taken. And you know what, like, who knows, it might not, but Priyuk isn't the, the biggest software company, isn't the biggest company in the world, but like, if we can do things our way or, or like focus on doing things and, and like have this mentality of putting the customer first and their needs, um, then the, the rest of the good will follow. Yes. Right. It's like if you do it with integrity, if you always tell, let's say the truth, you don't have to, like you were saying, right. Like you don't have to worry about what's going to come back and get you. Yeah. Right. Makes it so much easier. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah, it sure does. What's the best advice you've ever given? Oh man, I, I love to say that. And I'm like, how, how do I have the, the right to say that? But you know, for, I think like, you know, I, I might hear people like, when I talk with my wife and she's like working on a, her jewelry business and like, Hey, you just gotta like tell people about it and, and like post about it. And it's like, well, not necessarily like a, a point of comfort, but who cares? Like it, it doesn't work out. doesn't get a lot of engagement. doesn't get a lot of votes. Like who cares if it just move on. It's a, you know, it's a learning experience. And you can kind of like practice the craft of creating the content of putting it out, seeing what resonates once you hit. And so the advice there is like, don't let other people's, opinions of you, which probably don't even exist, hold you back from achieving what your goals might be because it is like a self-imposed fear. And so I, you know, I, I keep that in mind myself, like even if it's not ideal, you know, publish it or put it out or, you know, go out and, and for a cold outreach, shoot your shot is what the kids say these days. And I think like, that's absolutely true. Cause you never know what, what might come about. And I've, certainly have my fair share of fortuitous conversations or, or introductions. And I think like the more I put myself out there, the more I might be able to create the circumstances where luck would befall me. And, and so it's some level of like not caring, but also being prepared and being out there and, and being active, um, interacting. And it becomes so much easier too, every time you do it. Totally. Because you're maybe not like, this notion of like the world will crumble if this, this is not liked or, you know, get, get a slew of dislikes and yeah, things go on and, and uh, you realize it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Totally find your voice and everything else. Right. So, and there's self confidence too. Right. So do you have any tips for us on increasing our opt-in rate by using a quiz? Yeah. I think the hook, I think it, that it's all about, what you're using as your as your hook to entice people like what is it the value what is the value that you're offering that in turn if somebody clicks through takes a quiz devotes two minutes of their precious time to take it what will they get in return and so i think uh, one way is this curiosity gap by helping other people understand like hey this is what you'll learn if you give me two minutes of your time and, and answer appropriately. And so, you know, as, as humans, we always want to learn more about ourselves. This process of self-discovery is super important. So if you can nail a hook, then I think that so many other parts will fall in place because you're actually getting people into the funnel. You're getting them to answer the questions. You're, you're building your list, you're recommending products, and, and then you can kind of like tie it all together. You know what they're looking for. So you can send better emails and, and personalize. But if you're not able to get them in even to start the quiz, then there is nothing, you know, further down funnel to build on. So that, that I think is a critical part is to, um, to get the, uh, a hook that plays to our imagination and gets us excited to answer the quiz. 
So true. So how do you make sure that you're utilizing and getting that personalized information from the customer? Yeah. Well, so I, I think segmentation matters. So this is on like just general one-off campaigns when you're setting off. So this could be either for promotional stuff or product launches or your uh, weekly, bi-weekly emails um, that, that you're um, creating segments based on like what they like or what their problems are, challenges, all these things. Um, that, so that's one way. The other way is that you can um, kind of set conditional splits and send them into different flows based on what they've told you in their quiz. So in Clavio, for example, that could happen at any point, but if Virginia has dry skin, then send her this. If Virginia has uh, oily skin, then, then send her that. So yeah, that, that's another way. And then the third way might be the dynamic insertion. So personalizing by using, for example, like what product was recommended, and then you can dynamically insert that in an email or in an SMS. Hey, Virginia, this is something that you've, um, based on your answers, based on what you've told us, this is a product that you'll like. And so there you're, you're using the data you've gathered in the quiz in, the, in your communications. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to share with us today that we haven't touched on yet? Yeah. You know, I, I think the focus in, in this, whatever, whatever you're working on, whether it is SaaS, e-commerce, content, being an influencer. Yeah. I think getting, building a direct relationship with customers. So gathering that email, gathering that SMS, even a crypto wallet in these days, wallet address, and then a few data points about what that person is looking for, how you can um, segment around them. I think like that's critical. So, you know, you'd always hear like, you know, when, when's the best time to start building a list? And it'll be two days ago, you know, yesterday. But if you, if you haven't now, start now. Um, and I would say include customer data as well as zero party data, because as we move forward, like that is such a critical piece that will allow brands to differentiate themselves from, you know, there's so much noise, but if I can uh, target you, Virginia, and talk about what your things that are pressing on your mind, then all of a sudden the message cuts through the noise. Um, and that's all premised on what you know about your customers. So true, right? And it makes it more... I was going to say, so I want to open up those emails more because they are more customized to me and my needs. Yeah, ideally. And then, uh, yeah, the, the content is is based on what you're looking for. And then ideally the click-through rate is higher and then you're, you're getting to the site more and um, yeah, the numbers kind of ratchet up. So fun. Well, thanks for being here with us today. Thanks for having me, Virginia. You're welcome. So where can we go to learn more about you and what you do? Yeah, sure. So um, prehook.com is the website. And uh, yeah, you can reach out to me directly by email again, G-E-N at prehook.com uh, or I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter. So uh, yeah, please feel free to reach out. We'd love to um, to connect and uh, share any thoughts on zero party data or personalization or marketing in general. I'd uh, love to meet new people. Great. Thanks again. Have a great day. Yeah, likewise. Thanks, Virginia. Thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe and leave some love through a review and I'll catch you on the next episode.